Welcome into the Konos, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Michael Evans, and thank you all for listening on this Friday afternoon. Yeah, we're going to have a great show this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about, I'm going to talk about the NBA Finals that is going on currently. I'm going to talk about uh, our favorite boy, Trump, a little situation he's gotten himself into. Um, we'll talk about some new music that's dropped this week. And yeah, man, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, I hope everyone's been doing well, had a good week, taking care of everyone's self. Yeah, man, I've been doing good, I've been pretty good. Uh, the weather, oof, oof. Ooh, the weather is just like, it's getting right to that, like, fall weather. To where, like, it's not super cold, but it's getting cooler. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Like, if it was 75, 78 degrees, like, year-round, that's, like, magnifico. Like, like, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So, I'm, I'm so happy about the weather. It's good feels great outside and yeah man it's crazy that it's october like it's october 2nd i'm recording this right now and it's just like wow the fact that quarantine and everything started in march and that and the fact that we're already here in october is just it's a wild one it's a wild one i gotta say you know just the fact that we're already here this this the end of the year already so it's a wild one but you know it'd be like that you know and we're just gonna look at it the best way we can and you know here's to the rest of the year hopefully it gets better you know who knows but yeah man all right first thing i want to talk about i'm gonna talk about a little boy trump all right, I'm going to talk about this this man Trump. So, Donald Trump uh yesterday, like last night, uh it was released that he had tested positive for COVID-19. And him and the first lady Melania Trump uh tested positive for uh corona. And I think it's just like I'm not like I'm not going to go into, like, a conspiracy kind of thing. But, like, if I'm being honest, I don't... I'm not really surprised this is happening. You know? Like, if you watch the first debate, like, I would say... I mean, no one won. But I'd say Trump kind of won the debate. Because, like, it was... It was, like, a dumpster fire. But if you had to pick a winner, I'd say it was Trump. So it is kind of weird that he is testing positive for covid but i don't know man it's kind of weird but also it kind of makes sense in that you know election just november's coming soon next month wow november's next month um and so it just kind of makes sense that you know you have something like that maybe to stall debates or something i don't really know but i'm not saying that it's a hoax or that 
he's faking it just so that way he doesn't have to do things. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's a little... It's a little... Uh, it's coincidence, you know? I don't know. But, you know, hopefully he recovers, I guess. You know? Obviously you don't want him to, like, die so that way Joe Biden... <laughs> But, you know, like, hopefully he recovers well, you know, because those debates are very entertaining, so. I'd love to see the rest of those. And, oh my gosh, can I, I want to talk about this debate. So I watched, I didn't watch the debate between him and Joe Biden, but, oh my gosh, it was just unbelievably entertaining. Not if you're actually looking like, oh, I want to see what their policies are, I want to see, like, who's more presidential with trump throw all that out the window okay i'm here to see comedy central roast type of behavior you know i'm not looking for like if it's a trump debate i'm not looking to be professional because trump he's not you know i don't look at him as that you know so it's just like in all honesty, like, Trump didn't even, like, punch that well. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have that many jokes. He didn't have those one-liners. He could have come at Joe Biden and just, like, murked him. But I, he didn't. I don't know. Maybe he's saving his best punchlines for the next debates if they'll have debates with him testing positive. But I don't know. Maybe they could do it over the Zoom call. But, um, yeah, I think it's just... He didn't uh, have the performance that, you know, you'd like. You know, he didn't have that many jokes. He didn't have that many punchlines. He threw in, like, a crooked Hillary in there. I, th I would have expected more sleepy Biden uh, lines. I didn't really get that. It was more just him interrupting Joe Biden. And in all honesty, I think Trump could have said nothing the entire time, and Joe Biden would have still found a way to look bad. Because he's just not... And in all honesty... Okay, so Joe Biden... Everyone essentially agrees he's like a walking corpse. And just the idea that he can say like a full sentence is um, miraculous in its own right. But he didn't look terrible. Like he did... He stumbled over his words a little bit. But, you know... He tried his best. Like I feel the debate, if anything, showed... It was like... Oh, wow. Like, Joe Biden can speak a little. You know, I'm not saying, like, that's what you want in a president, but, you know, the bar has been set so low for Joe Biden as far as communication skills to where, you know, if he says even just a sentence that makes a lick of sense, it's an accomplishment. So, you know, good, good for Joe Biden's team for uh, preparing him for that debate, I guess. I gotta tell you, he looked old. Like, he looked as old as time on that stage, you know? And that's even with... Because, you know, they're, like, putting makeup on him and everything. They're they're touching him up for TV. And, man, he still looked old. I He, like, what, 80? How old is Joe Biden? Joe Biden is... Hold on. Joe Biden age. He's 77 years old. That's too old. That's too old, man. 
Nancy Pelosi is 80 years old? Dang. I didn't even know that. Huh. Yeah, man. So Trump is 74 years old. Joe Biden is 77. I don't know about you guys, uh, but that seems a little too old. <laughs> it seems a little too old for me. I don't know. Maybe the people running the country, I don't know, maybe should be a little more in tune and a little bit more... I don't know, younger, so that way they understand the world a little bit more, instead of having really old people dictating what, for the most part, younger people do in society. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe we should just have the retirement home by your house. It should just be, you know, politicians and all that. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of weird, you know, that we just always are putting these old white dudes on the pedestal of, like, being president or, like, running the country. I don't know. It seems kind of weird, if I'm being honest. This is what I'm saying, you know. But, you know, Trump had some, in the debate, I mean, I'm not expecting Trump to look good, because, like, he... He doesn't look great most of the time, but, like, when he was asked, so, like, the moderator, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but he was essentially like, hey, uh, can you denounce white supremacy? And Trump was kind of like, huh? What, 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 do you, what do you want from me? What, what do you mean? And he was just like, hey, can you denounce it? And he was like, well, who do you want me to denounce? And it's like, white supremacists. And it's like, and like, the fact that he was, he said, hey, proud boys, stand by, or stand back and stand by. Now, I looked up the proud boys. Proud boys, it doesn't seem like white supremacy. Because like, I've seen like some Hispanic dudes with like military vests on at like protests or something so i guess it's not white supremacy but uh i don't know like he could have denounced it. i don't know i get it because that's his base and so he wants to appeal to his base which are spoiler alert racist white people but for the most part, I'm not... Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I want to make it very clear. I'm not saying if you support tr Trump that you're a white racist. I'm saying there's a big bulk of his supporters. There are supporters of him that are that. And so he is trying to m merely appeal to them so that way he has their vote. And so that way he has their side. want to make that very clear. But... You know, it's, I understand it, but in him doing that, he is taking a lot of votes away from him. You know, I didn't exactly think that his, um, the votes for minorities would be in his favor necessarily. I, I definitely don't think the, he has, let's say the black vote, but you know, it didn't look great after that one, I'm gonna be honest, but, um... Yeah, I think it's just, I think that's just like a gamble you take in that situation. It's like, well, who can I trust a vote upon? And so he just goes off of his base. But, 
yeah, I don't know. It's it's very odd. I wonder if they'll do any more debates. I kind of doubt they will. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they will. I It'll probably be postponed because you tested positive. But with COVID, who knows? Who knows? He could, like, take a Tylenol, just drink some water, and then, like, next week he'll be good. I don't know. COVID's actually... Well, he is, like, 74. So he, like, in the range of, like, COVID, like, taking you out. So, hey, maybe he... I don't know. Who knows? COVID is very unpredictable. So, you know, who knows? Maybe he, um... Maybe Joe Biden's not the one to take him out. So, sorry. I don't know. It's it's a wild predicament. But, yeah, man. Should be an interesting time in November. I hope everyone... Uh, think long and hard about which um, maniac they'd like in uh, office. You know, you have two great choices. I gotta say, you know, you, <laughs> you know, which old white dude who barely knows what they're doing would you like in office? You know, it's just you have a you have two great options. Or, you know, you have um, the cool, hip, black lady who wears Timberlands. <laughs> Do y'all see that? Did y'all see... So, there was, like, a clip. It was of Kamala Harris. And she was... She walks off a plane. And it's, like... <laughs> she's wearing Timberlands. And so, like, she's walking off the plane, and she's wearing Timberlands, and the whole thing was essentially to show how she's hip and cool, because she wears Timberlands. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous what these people do to, like, be like, oh, look at me, I'm wearing Timberlands. (laughs) It's like, hey... Um, Timberlands have been around for a long time. I don't understand why you think you're (laughs) really... Wait, hold on. Uh, okay, so yeah. It's just, you know, they're trying to make it seem like they're hip and cool, you know? And it's, uh... You know, hey, if it works out, I guess it works out. But, you know, what can I say? So I'm a, I'm gonna do a little transition here. I want to talk about, I'm gonna talk about the NBA. I'm gonna talk about the NBA. Uh, if you don't know, the finals are set, and it is the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Miami Heat. Uh, game one happened Wednesday. I'm pretty sure. And yeah, the uh, the Heat got kind of dusted they got dust like dusted dusted they they at the beginning of the game they had like a 12 13 point lead and i was watching it and i was kind of thinking like dang heat kind of giving that to the lakers i look i look away for like a quarter i come back and it's like a 30 point lead for the lakers i was like dang you ain't gotta do them like that but yeah, like the Lakers, I would have picked the Lakers to begin with. 
you know, it's great that Miami's in the finals. I'm happy for Jimmy Butler and the Heat, you know. Hey, listen, it's a Florida team. I'm I, I'm not from Miami, and I'm a Celtics fan, and I'm kind of upset that they beat us. But I get, like, you know, I, I support Miami. You know, it's a Florida team. But, you know, Goran Dragic when, uh, is injured. Bam Adebayo is injured. Uh, it's not looking very good for him. I didn't think they'd win. You know, you just have LeBron James and you have Anthony Davis. And and then when you have everyone else on the Lakers hitting shots, it's just, it's kind of a wrap for you, you know? Because it's just, how can you beat that, really? When you have, you know, you have Jimmy Butler and let's say those Goron and Adebayo are out, who do you really have to give you anything? You know, you have Jimmy Butler... You have, like, what, a rookie, Tyler Hero. You have Duncan Robinson, who's been okay this playoffs. Like, he hasn't lit the world on fire like he has in, like, the regular season. Can you really trust him to lead you? No, not really. Jay Crowder, who's, like, hits a three every, like, other game. And then, like, you know, who else do you have? You don't really have anyone else. So, I think it's... I think the Lakers could sweep them if they don't have Adebayo and Goron. Because that's honestly, like, their two best players, in a way. I think it's obvious that it's Jimmy Butler. But Goran Dragic led the team in scoring this playoffs. And then Adebayo is, like, your defensive guy. So, yeah, man. I think it's just... I think the Lakers are going to kind of dust them. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they swept them. But, you know, but yeah, man, it's crazy that uh, LeBron James is in his 10th finals. That's that's pretty wild, you know. He's in his 17th season. I'm 20. This man has been in the league for 17 years, and he's been, like, one of the best players in the league. Arguably the best player in the league for, like, the majority of his time in the league you know it's incredible to watch you know and a lot of people want to make the argument it's like oh well he's not jordan just appreciate what you're seeing from lebron just appreciate it because you're never gonna see a player like him again really you're never gonna see a player like him you know he might not be michael jordan but he's the first lebron james so just appreciate what you're seeing from him because you'll never see a player like him again. A guy that's that skilled, that big, who's that athletic, you know, still in his 17th year. This man, there was a bu- the buzzer beater went off and the ball hit the rim and he went up for like a windmill reverse dunk. He the bucket didn't even count. He just did it to flex. I was like, dang, bro, like, what, come on, I can't even, I can barely touch rim, and this man is 17th season doing windmill back, spinning, reverse windmill dunks, and, like, it was effortless to him, he, he, he didn't even think twice about it, he was just like, huh, I was like, dang, bro, you ain't even got a flex like that, yo, I was just like, dang, dang, but yeah, man, I think it's just incredible what he's doing. You know, Anthony Davis honestly leading the team, but everything revolves around LeBron, you know? 
Anthony Davis has been an absolute monster. If they sweep him, I think Anthony Davis gets finals MVP because he's just been that dominant. And I think LeBron will just give him the keys, really, um, for them to win the championship. So, yeah, man, I think it's just, it's great, um, it's cool to see, you know. I think everyone, in a way, after, you know, Kobe Bryant's tragic death and everything, I think it just, it's nice to see the Lakers win just like for Kobe and all that, you know, I think it's, it's fitting, it's very fitting, I don't think anyone else winning the championship this year would have really fit as well as the Lakers winning it, and it just makes sense, you know, because like the Clippers wet the bed, but you know, yeah man, Uh, game two is tonight, I think Lakers win it easily, you know, I think it's just tragic that, you know, they have injuries and everything that they're not fully healthy but you know you can't blame the Lakers for that you know you only you can only play who's in front of you you can't control everything that goes on so we'll see how it goes you know I think I think it'll be a a decent game but I I will still take the Lakers in that so yeah man all right I'm a, I'm a talk about some new music that has uh, dropped rec- last night. Last night. So last night, uh, two albums dropped. Uh, the first one I'm gonna talk about is Savage Mode Two, Twenty One Savage, Metro Boomin, Savage Mode Two, First Savage Mode. Uh great album you know it was a good one in 2016 uh and they just really this was when like people have been waiting for this album like the entire like a few years now like a few years people won this album and it finally dropped and i mean like what can i it's it it goes hard you know i don't know what else it goes hard album go hard, you know, when you have 21 Savage or Metro Bowman, you know what you're gonna get, you're gonna get hard beats, and you're gonna, you're gonna hear 21 Savage sound like a cold-blooded killer, mean demeanor, just bars, just bars, you know, and just, they got Morgan Freeman, like, narrating the album, on the intro track, Morgan Freeman just being like, <laughs> it's like uh what it takes to be a savage or some something like that you know i don't know what he said i was just like wow they got morgan freeman doing the intro and like he th- th- he pop up like a good amount through the album it ain't just like one there's like a whole interlude where he's describing the differences between a snitch and a rat like it's fire <laughs> Like, Morgan Freeman delivered, yo. Morgan Freeman probably older than both the presidential candidates, bro. And he's still delivering heat. Hold on. How old is Morgan Freeman? 83 years old! He's 83! That's crazy to me. He's really old. Clint Eastwood, 90 years old. That man need to... That man been around for too long. Anyways, 
Savage Mode 2, though, you go hard. I don't know what else to say. You know, I think 21 Savage is, you know, I would say he is kind of up there as far as, like, mainstream rap is, like, one of the hottest, you know, but, you know, he, you know, he's great, you know. I think, um, I think you know what you get in from 21 Savage most of the time, but it's always good. Like, he never really, he never really is, like, trash in a way. He's definitely gotten a lot better over time. You know, his last album was I Am Greater Than I Was back in 2018. Um, And, yeah, I think he's just gotten better since then. You know, he's that album really kind of just elevated him in a way. Um, he just switching up his style, his production, and everything, and I think, um, he's just growing as an artist, and it's really cool to see, uh, a few songs that I like, um, Many Men, it's kind of a flip of 50 Cent's Many Men, uh, I like that track a lot, it's, um, I like the sample, I think it's just really good, uh, Rest in Peace, Love, that's a, that was like, um, that's like a vulnerable track for 21 you know i think he said a line it was like i'm smiling on the for the camera but i'm crying on the inside or something and i was just like dang i didn't expect that from 21 i didn't expect him to get like emotional but he says it so like with no demeanor so you're just like well okay and then yeah man there's a i think uh I'm not saying this is, like, the best album 21's put out. I think I Am Greater Than I Was was a little bit better. But it's still, like, a really good project to just come back on. You know, he's been away from a little bit. He hasn't really dropped an album in a while. And so this is just a really good thing to give to the fans. Metro Boomin's project, uh, or production on this is really good as well, I think. You know, Running is a good one. Mr. Right Now featuring Drake. That's a good one. Uh, Rich N-Words S. I can't say that word, but you know. Uh, the the track featuring Young Thug is a good one. Uh, and yeah, man, I think that uh, it's a solid listen. I think everyone should go listen to it. Yeah, it's a good one. I'd recommend it. So, yeah, and, uh, moving on as far as other music, uh, that's a good one, uh, so, Saba, uh, is a rapper, (laughs) Saba is a rapper, and last week he dropped kind of like a two-track mini EP kind of thing, where it's just two tracks, and listen, Saba is one of my favorite rappers out right now. I think he's incredible. Uh, if you haven't listened to Care For Me, please go listen to that album. That album is one of my favorite albums. Just the Saba's wordplay and his storytelling in that album and just the production on that album is incredible. But he... And I've been waiting because that man dropped Care For Me in 2018. I've been waiting two years for a new album from this man. And, you know, hopefully we're getting an album sooner rather than later because we got these two tracks from him. 
Mrs. Whoever. I love this song. I love this song, Mrs. Whoever. It's just, it's chill, and it just has this vibe, and Saba's just flows on this track so well. It's a great listen. I just, I really like it. Uh, Something in the Water featuring Denzel Curry. It's good. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad track. I think it's good. It's just Mrs. Whoever is the superior track if I'm looking at the two tracks. Uh, I like Mrs. Whoever a lot more. Uh, Something in the Water, it's good. I think Denzel Curry is interesting on it. And Saba as well. But, you know, I'm very excited for a new Saba project. I would like that sooner rather than later. Please and thank you if you're listening, Saba. Um... Yeah, I'm very excited to see what Saba does in the, um, in an upcoming album. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he um, has to offer. Uh, another little... It's weird, a lot of artists are doing this. It's like these two-track kind of EP things. Uh, I remember like J. Cole did it earlier, the, um, a few months ago or something. But uh, Baby Keem, Baby Keem is another artist that I'm a big fan of. I like his work a lot. He's um, Kendrick Lamar's cousin, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, I listened to uh, Die For My B-Word, which came out last year, and I think that's a great project. You know, Baby Keem is one of the most interesting kind of young talents in rap right now. And he dropped this two-track EP, uh, Hooligan and Sons and Critics Freestyle. Uh, kind of like the last one. I think Hooligan is uh, the most interesting track on here. It's very interesting. Uh, like his uh, delivery on this. It's uh, energetic. You know, it's kind of a banger. Uh, I really like the track. You know, it's really good. Sons and Critics Freestyle. Eh! You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, eh. I could have just dealt with, um, like, if he had just released Hooligan, I would have been okay with it. You know what I mean? I would have been okay with it. You know what I'm saying? You know, but, hey, good uh, thing. I'd like to see if he dropping an album soon. That'd be really cool. So, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Good track. If you want to go listen to it, uh, go listen to it. Because it's a good listen. So, that's some music that uh, has come out recently that I want to talk about. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, just go listen to it. It's a good time. But yeah, man. All right. I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about an album that I've kind of revisited recently, and how, listen, this is just my, uh, kind of analysis, I'm kind of gonna do, like, an analysis kind of review of this album, in a way, because, uh, I've been re-listening to it a lot, and it's just, I, I, I would really like to talk about it. So, I'm going to talk about Kendrick Lamar's, I'm going to say, damn album. Uh, 
It came out in 2017. It's Kendrick Lamar's last album. And, man, I've just been, like, kind of analyzing this album recently. And it's just incredible. Excuse me. And it's just been incredible just looking back on this album and just kind of learning more about how deep it is as an album. And I just wanted to give kind of like an analysis of it. So Kendrick Mars, Damn, it comes right after To Pimp a Butterfly, which in my opinion is his best work. It's one of the best albums probably ever made. Um, and yeah, I think... Uh, Going into the album, you know, Kendrick Lamar, you know, he was riding this incredible wave of what he just put out. And I think what he delivers on Damn is just, it's it's so different than any other album he's really put out. Because it's not really like a concept or anything. Like, Good Kid, Mad City is kind of an autobiography about Kendrick Lamar, about, like, his, uh, coming up in Compton, uh, the life he lived as a, uh, as a kid and as a teenager, you know, dealing with, um, the environment he grew up in and everything. To Pimp a Butterfly is kind of looking at America and kind of the world at large and, um, Kendrick Lamar trying to deal with that in a way and kind of dealing with new success and everything that he had dealt with due to the success of Good Kid Mad City and To Pimp a Butterfly is kind of his way of it's him really kind of digesting that and him trying to express that and so damn is more just so to pimp a butterfly was really him trying to give answers to people posing questions and trying to put out answers as best as he could damn is more just him analyzing himself in a way you know you look at the track list there's a lot of like emotions on loyalty pride humble lust love fear you know all these concepts that people have been analyzing for centuries and you know it's more just this album really is about Kendrick Lamar analyzing himself and how he handles all of these emotions and all of these feelings himself and he's not trying to force uh an ideology or anything up on the listener or on any of that he's more just being like hey this is how i feel you know and the concept of the album from what i've gathered is uh you know it's up to the listener to decide how you feel about kendrick's ideology you know you I'm going to play the opening track, Blood, and the words that it says. So 
so right there it kind of it says is it wickedness is it weakness you decide so looking at that just there at the beginning of the album it's more kendrick laying the blueprint out of the listener being able to dissect what he means in the album being like hey is this evil or is this not and you can listen to what i'm saying and decide that for yourself so that's what kendrick lamar is essentially putting out there and then so you have blood um and then it goes into dna where it's more just talking about him uh just what makes kendrick lamar him and talking about how people you know talk about him or how he his makeup as a person and it's in a very aggressive track and it's uh probably like the biggest banger on the album i'd say and so it kind of just gives you pushes you right in on off on a big point and then you go into a track like ya where um kind of how would i describe ya ya is like a mellow cut it's a very kind of spacey cut but it's more just him him understanding that a lot of uh how he wants to please god and how he want this is a very it's not a religious album but kendrick lamar tackles uh his faith and his belief in god very heavily in this album probably more than any other album you know he talks about how uh how he knows a lot of the things that he's doing are wrong and how he needs to focus more on god and he talks more about how there's temptation and everything in that still and it's a struggle for him to deal with and then you go into a track like element where uh it's him going into how excuse me sorry i'm gonna take a sip of water i'm a little thirst kind of goes into this idea of um he wants to stay grounded in a way and how he isn't gonna let anyone take him out of his element you know and then you go into a track like feel which is uh probably the most open and vulnerable cut on the record where uh it essentially just talks about how he feels you know he's just putting out how he is as a person and how he feels about certain things and then you go into a a track like loyalty where he is talking about obviously like who's gonna stick around you know who's gonna be there for you and featuring rihanna rihanna does a good job on this track uh so i'm a i'm gonna go kind of into like the idea of it so kendrick lays out these ideas in this album okay so kendrick lays out his kind of life and how he does all of that 
And then there's the end track, Duckworth. So Duckworth, uh, he tells the story of how his, um, the head of his label that would sign him and be able to become what he is, how 20 years before then, he, um, he was robbing a Kentucky Fried Chicken and how his father worked at that Kentucky Fried Chicken and how um, him sparing his father's life led to all of Kendrick Lamar's success and the idea of how one decision could affect so many things in life and how you know that one thing could have changed everything you know if he you know if his um if the guy uh top dog had killed his father then he wouldn't he would be serving life and kendrick would probably die in a gunfight and he wouldn't become the rapper that he is today he wouldn't do all of those things that you know we see kendrick do and it's um it's a kind of a mind f moment you know, you're kind of just like, wow, like, something like that, you know, can just change someone's life so, uh, so dramatically, so, I thought, like, the original, uh, diagnosis of this album was, like, pretty cut clear, but, so, when the album came out, uh, there was, like, a theory of if you played the album in reverse so if you play the album in reverse it kind of tells a little bit of a different story in a way and i'm up so i'm gonna break this down so it the album starts with duckworth so duckworth essentially tells the story of his father and um top dog and how their one decision changed both of their lives so much. And uh, just how one decision could change someone if like he had been killed. And then you go into God, which... Um, so let's say like as a kid, you know how as a child you have this kind of God complex. Because you don't really know anything about the world. So you... You're innocent, but you also have this God complex of, like, nothing can touch me in a way. So you go into God, and then you go into Fear, which in all honesty is probably my favorite track on the album. Fear, which uh, talks about kind of the first verse in this song is about how a black mother instills fear into their child, you know. And goes into the uh fear that um is put into people's hearts and minds from a young age and how that affects people throughout their lives how that trickles down and then you go into xxx where um it's kind of dealing with america and uh the perception of america because at the end of fear so there's a voicemail from uh i think it's his mother i think kendrick lamar's mother but uh talking about how you know black hispanic native american people are cursed in a way from god because they've trailed away from 
his blessings and his grace and how um, them living in America, they will never, uh, they'll stay punished until they come back to God. So that's the idea that he's kind of putting out there. And then you go into XXX featuring you two talking about America, you know, and the idea of America and uh, life in America. And then you have love. So all of these ideas coming so you have fear where like that's instilled as a kid and then you xxx is kind of growing up in america and then you as you're getting older you uh experience things like love and love kind of it shows kind of like the good and bad in love but then with love comes lust so lust is um the counterpoint to love and then you get humble to where it's like you have to be humbled in a way you need to not let these things control you and then there's pride that comes right after that and then you have um loyalty right after pride so humble goes right in with pride and then loyalty is more just like defining loyalty and then feel uh, dictates uh, kind of ke- how Kendrick feels about all of these emotions. And then you go into element, yeah, and then there's DNA. And so DNA uh, obviously just shows kind of Kendrick what makes Kendrick Lamar. So you hear all of these tracks, and then DNA kind of is the solidification of those ideas. And then you go into blood, which at the end, there's the piece of Kendrick kind of talking about how, hold on, I'm a, I'm going to play it. Okay, hold on. So I was taking a walk the other day, and I seen a woman, a blind woman, pacing up and down the sidewalk. She seemed to be a bit frustrated, as if she had dropped something and having a hard time finding it. So after watching her struggle for a while, I decided to go over and lend a helping hand, you know? Hello, ma'am. Can I be of any assistance? Seems to me that you have lost something. I would like to help you find it. She replied, oh yes, you have lost something. You've lost your life. with that line in the song quote and we hate the popo want to kill us in the street for show ah please ah i don't like it okay so what that means at the end of the album is essentially how 
Kendrick takes these ideas and his feelings and everything, how you dissect it and the entire album showcasing how Kendrick Lamar feels. And when you have Blood as the last track, you see Kendrick uh, go up to this blind woman and ask her for help, and she guns him down. So the uh, um, this way of taking the album is you see it as wickedness. So like at the beginning of the album with Blood, it poses the question, is it wickedness or is it weakness? You decide. So when you go in reverse, you see that Kendrick Lamar, the album is, uh, it takes it as wickedness in a way. But if you play it in the normal uh, track listing, Kendrick Lamar lives because of that one decision that Top Dog made. So, but in the reverse order, it's kind of taken as wickedness. Because Kendrick Lamar, after saying all of these ideas and everything, he's gunned down. And then you hear this Fox News clip of them talking about uh, a BET performance from Kendrick Lamar and how uh, it's dismissive of his uh, song lyrics. It's like, and we hate the popo, want to kill us in the street full show. And it's like, ugh, I don't like that. It's him putting out his ideas and then, so it's defined as wickedness and he's killed for it and how people view it as no. But then when you go it in a regular, the regular track listing, he lists all of his ideas and everything and then it ends with Duckworth to where Kendrick Lamar lives and that one decision um, made him to what he is today. And so I don't... <laughs> it's a wild album. I didn't even know it was this deep. Uh, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy how deep this album is and like the idea of also what the blind lady uh, symbolizes is... Uh, I don't even know what, um, really, like, what it symbolizes, uh, completely, uh, it's so wild, you know, some people would say that, like, the blind lady is, uh, Lucifer in a way, and kind of just, um, uh, some people would also kind of maybe say that the blind woman is America, how it's blind, and it doesn't see, like, race or any of that. It doesn't really care about that, but it still guns down Kendrick Lamar in the end, you know? So, it's a wild album. If you guys, <laughs> I would encourage you to uh, listen to it, take your own opinions on it. Yeah, man, I just wanted to talk about it. I'm sorry, this is like, I just think it's a very interesting album that I didn't really think too much about when I first listened to it. And then a few, I, I kind of dialed in a little bit more on it, and I just think it's wow. I think it's just wow. You know, it's incredible. So that's my thoughts on it. That was just my, kind of my analysis on Damn as an album. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be back next week uh, with another episode of the Konos. Uh, hope y'all do well this week. Good blessings and everything towards you guys. 
And yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Konos. Hope you all have a great week, and I'm signing out. Peace.